What's up, Chad? Hey, buddy. What's going on? You been enjoying that T4G conference? Yeah, it's been really good. We've coffeeless. <laughs> coffeeless, yes. Um, some new goals uh, for my life here, but yeah, it's been the first day of it. Just listen to David Platt and man, what an amazing sermon and much needed for my life. It's funny it came at the the heels of during this quarantine. God's been really reshaping my heart and bringing to light just areas that I need to grow in, and mm-hmm. which has been good. And uh, that sermon just was a kind of a solidifier of it, meaning um, it was just confirmation that God's speaking to me about these same areas and stuff. And so, yeah. so it was good. It was humbling, but in a good way, you know, a good kind of burn. I had <laughs> it was on at my house because you guys shared the link with me, and um, like the first five minutes of it, mm-hmm. but I was in the middle of something. So I had to make the decision if I was going to watch it or not because I knew if I watched it, I wasn't going to get what I was trying to get done done. And I knew it could go back, but I could just hear in his tone. Like oh, he yeah. was about to bring it. It was fire. You <laughs> should go back and listen oh, to it. Oh, man, I will. I definitely will. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Real life. It happens. <laughs> um, it's interesting because ever since this guest that we have coming on, um came on the show this mm-hmm. is, we're film, we're uh, recording this a couple weeks after um she put me on to a podcast called the broken brain which i was checking out mm-hmm. and i was specifically looking at sleep um because sleep is one of the few areas like i've been through so many different um, professional development self-help things mm-hmm. like um seasons in my life but sleep is one of those things i always just kind of ignored because I, I, I don't know, like I just was ignorant. And so I was looking into that and I started getting really excited about setting some new goals for myself. And also we're reading a book together called The Circle Maker and he has a life goal list in there. And I was getting excited, but I didn't want to overwhelm anyone with my goals. So I was going to totally do it solo. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of excited, but like wishing I could like share it with somebody. Well, then you call out of the blue yeah, and say, basically. I'm doing it. I got, I got a bunch of goals i've been praying through i'm about to make it happen and warned you to help hold me accountable so yeah which i was stoked to hear because i'm like yes like i'm about to nerd (laughs) out on this because ever since i like got out of the self-help world i haven't really re-entered that because i was doing it before very unhealthily like it was for my own glory Mm -hmm. and um for my own kingdom that i was building but now it's cool to see the same principles essentially Mm -hmm. in the self-help world in the secular realm can be used for God's glory and is create like those principles are really God given right at the self-help realm and the secular realm just uses them. Yeah. They just claimed it for self when it was, these are the same principles that are, that are meant to help us glorify God better and be selfless, not yeah. selfish. So, which really brings us to our guest today, who is a great example of hard work and perseverance. What'd she say her uh, superpower was? Stamina. Endurance. Which That's I right. loved hearing that. Cause it's like, Yes, I th- I think she's very special. Like, she mm-hmm. made it to the Olympics. She's special. She's a weightlifter. She has, like, a ton of national championships. Um, We're speaking of Natalie Bergner. Yeah, and- four-time national weightlifting champion from 05 to 08. Um, she went to the Olympics in 08. And um, just pretty incredible. Yeah, and beyond that, her, her husband, uh, her father-in-law helped create the CrossFit Games. And her and her husband, both Olympic athletes, by the way, her husband, Casey, um helped uh the early training of the olympic side of crossfit and 
she's a mom. She's, you know, her husband's in the Navy, so they've traveled. Just so many things. She's been through so much. I don't want to give away too much of the story because I want you to listen. Um, but she has a, a lot to offer, and her story really shows God's love and God's pursuit and God's constant pursuit and perseverance to us, I think. Like, he doesn't give up on us and how he has showed up in her life and, and um, how he's drawn her closer to himself even through um, struggle and hard hardship. So, And then even now watching as God uses that mindset that she used for her career mm-hmm. now for his glory is awesome. Um, it's a great, she has a great story. It was inspiring for me for sure. A yeah. lot of things I thought I knew but did not know mm-hmm. at all. So I know the listener will definitely be blessed. Yeah. So excited for you guys to listen. So here it is, Natalie Bergner. Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Our um, fourth guest yeah. on our journey into interviewing people, looking at trying to uncover mindsets, uh, as the listener well knows by now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Natalie, why don't you just start by telling us your whole life story? No, no. just kidding. Wow, yeah. But yeah where you're, <laughs> I seriously want to know where you're from because yeah, yeah. the only thing I know that. The good thing okay. is, Josh, now there's still a lot about your story that I'm curious about, even though we're friends. And so... It'll be fun to hear uh, for yeah. ourselves as well. So, All right. So you want me to go like way back? Yeah, where are you from? Okay. So I was born in a small, small town called Protection, Kansas. Protection, so small Kansas. that there's actually not a hospital. I was born in Buffalo, Oklahoma. So um, wow. my dad's family are all cattle ranchers. And so I grew up there with all my dad's family around close by. And then my dad went back to school to be a uh, strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Arkansas. And then he became a coach. So we moved around actually quite a bit. Um, he is now a strength and conditioning coach at um, the Naval Academy. Really? Yep. Oh, nice. How long has he been there? Yeah. He has been there since I... <laughs> okay, so since I was a freshman in high school. Okay. So, like, feels like 30 years ago. So that's where but, you grew up. Yeah, so I that's, mean, like, where I call home. Because they're still there now. And I went to high school all through um, there. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we moved around quite a bit. Well, you went from, um, uh, maybe I missed this, cattle okay. rancher to strength and conditioning yeah, coach. Yeah, it's like pretty, midlife. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm tired of these cows. Yeah. <laughs> Dang cows, no always cows. getting out. cows, yeah. I need good strong. <laughs> no more lifting hay bales. <laughs> yeah, so he went yeah. back to school. And so he went from, let's see, he was at the University of Arkansas. And then he mm-hmm. went to a small college in Missouri. And then he actually, his football coach was actually Lou Holtz. Oh wow! Um, what? Yeah, so he played Crazy football. At, yeah, uh, he played football at the University of Arkansas, and then whenever Lou Holtz went up to uh, right. Notre Dame, mm-hmm. my dad followed him and became the strength coach up there at Notre Dame. Oh, awesome! And then whenever Lou Holtz left, he went to the Naval Academy. So, gotcha. Yeah, so I lived up in South Bend for a while, mm. and then moved to Annapolis. But I also lived in a lot of places. <laughs> we went like let's in see. between. Yeah, so we went uh, Kansas, Arkansas, Missouri, Arizona, and then Indiana. 
and then over to Annapolis. And so I went to high school there. Um, and so let's see. I moved with my dad whenever he was uh, in Indiana. Mm-hmm went out to um, Annapolis, and that's actually whenever I started weightlifting. So um, I was a gymnast growing up, but my dad was always like, man, you'd make a really good weightlifter, which is exactly what every, like, that? small, like, yeah. young you're girl anatomy? wants. <laughs> yeah. 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 You'd be a great you'd weightlifter. Be a great weightlifter. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I want to be a princess. Thanks, dad. <laughs> you'd be a good cat arranger, too. That's right. <laughs> Very flattered. Uh, yeah, I think... So gymnasts make really good weightlifters, especially because they usually peak out at the perfect time to switch over to weightlifting. Right. So I competed in gymnastics until I was 14, I think, and then I started weightlifting at 15. Well, to what degree um, did you compete? I don't want you to pass that up because I don't know anything about the gymnast world. So I was a gymnast. Um, so uh, level nine competed up until level nine, which, I mean, I don't know if that means anything. Uh, not, but not to me, but explain it's okay. the, what so, that means. I, you know, I could do like flips and double backs and I don't know. I don't know what would make sense to... Is there like, um, you know, for me in baseball and stuff, there were like regionals and sectionals and state. Like, was there that type of thing for... Yeah, I got second place at state championships. Okay. Um, And then that was like the highest that I went, but I was... Was that in Arkansas or was that in? Um, So that was mainly in Missouri, and then I competed a little while in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now (laughs) you're kind of getting out of that world, and now he's saying you'd make a great weightlifter. You'd make a great weightlifter. All right, let's. I'll try. Which wasn't a huge surprise since he was strength and conditioning. Yeah, so I'd like kind of seen him dabble Mm -hmm. in it. I'd been around it, but um, didn't really have any idea what it entailed, and I kind of just thought like. Okay, I'm gonna be super big and bulky, right. and so initially I was like, eh, I don't know, and then I was like, well, I'll just do it for fun. I'll just work out, exercise, mm-hmm. and then um, I had only been doing it for a little while, and I actually qualified for an international competition, and so oh, wow. I was like, oh, maybe I could be kind of good at this, and that's fun, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. travel and yeah. compete. So, um, so yeah, my dad was my coach, mm-hmm. and uh, I was lifting at the Naval Academy. I'd go in there and lift actually until 9-11 and I couldn't go in there anymore. So I started lifting out of my garage Mm -hmm. and competing. And then um, whenever I was a junior in high school or after my junior year, I went out and lived at the Olympic Training Center for the summer. Mm -hmm. And then they invited me my senior year to come out and live at the Olympic Training Center um, and train there, which it's in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Yeah, And so it's um, a bunch of different sports live there train there eat there they have sports medicine um and that's actually where i started uh dating casey oh yeah 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 so he was living out there already i went out there um midway through my senior year finished up high school out there yeah. and um yeah i was lifting full-time right at the training center and um, he was crazy as he was trained by his dad as well mm-hmm. right which yeah. is which i want to explore that a ton here in just a second but before we get there <laughs> Because I'm just like, I have so many questions. But, you know, our podcasts were all about mindset. And I'm super curious. You have a very unique backstory upbringing where you're moving a lot. The the types of um, sports that you're into aren't super, like, team heavy, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, individual. I'm just curious, what what type of mindset did that create in you as a kid when it came to socially, when it came to just how you viewed yourself, viewed the world? How what do you what do you think that, that did to shape you? It's interesting because like in high school, 
I was very, um, I never talked about what I did. Like people knew kind of, like my close friends knew that I weightlifted, mm -hmm. but I was always, I don't want to say ashamed of it, but kind of. Right. Um, so I wasn't ever like telling a bunch of people that was I was. Was it because it was outside the norm of what? Is yeah, usual like everybody in high else was like doing their sports within the high school, so right. they all knew he was like a black who sheep was. A little bit. Yeah, exactly. So like I wanted to be seen as normal, and let it be known, like now a lot of people know about weightlifting. CrossFit right. has made it really popular, mm -hmm. and like that strong woman is. Um, is a good thing. Oh, yeah. right. It was not a good thing. Whenever right, you were I kind was of paving the way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it was sure. not, there were not a whole lot of women for me to look up to. Like mm -hmm. the first Olympics for um, women's weightlifting was in 2000. Okay. So there weren't a whole lot of people doing it. So I wasn't like sharing a lot. Right. And I kind of wanted to be seen as like normal. Um, and, you know, that was just part of the story. Now yeah. I'm, like I like, I embrace it a lot more. Mm -hmm. I guess. What made it um, motivated you then to continue in that, even though there was not as much? Like, were you just not motivated by acceptance by your peers, or um, were you more interested in the winning? Like, what was your motivation to continue? I truly enjoyed it. Okay, was yeah. really what it was. Was that um, from the beginning? One, I mean, being good at something helps. It's great, yeah. right? There's I like know. a reward. Mr. Talent over here, he knows. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about that. You're a Navy SEAL, bro. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that was like a reward, being talented at it. But then I liked the feeling of being strong. Um, with Olympic weightlifting in particular, I liked the mental component of it, that um, that it was tough, it was challenging. Mm -hmm. I liked feeling strong. I liked feeling athletic. Um, that's really why I did it is because I just enjoyed the sport of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Where did you get the, because, so what was the story with the Olympics? You qualified in 04? Um, 08. 08, okay. Yeah. So and you had met Casey around that time, right? No, so I actually met Casey, what year? So we were engaged whenever, um, in 08. We okay. Were, we got married in 2008. So you'd met him well before. Oh, yeah. So, um, Casey and I started dating when I was 17. Okay. And then I went to the Olympics when I was 25. Oh, wow. So how does that work? The Olympic Training Center just kind of recruits people and says, hey, come work work out with us and live here and we'll, like, train you up? Is yeah, there... so at the time, actually now they no longer have um, weightlifting there. But at the time, what they did was it was um, all of the coaches and people that were in charge of USA weightlifting, they would kind of be scouting people to mm -hmm, some degree. Right. And there were there was a qualifying process where um, you would be ranked. Mm -hmm. So as a junior lifter, it was like, okay, she's coming up quick. She's uh, hopeful. We want to get her in here to make sure that she's training and in the right, right environment early. Um, but then once you get there, there was a process of staying there. You had to um, continue to increase your totals and, mm -hmm. you know, um, perform at competitions. And it wasn't okay. like once you got there, you could just, just hang, hang out. out. Right. <laughs> yeah, for so sure. So did you enjoy that aspect, like getting there and kind of always being under the gun to perform? Is it, that... Um, it was... Like are, you, are you comfortable in that environment? I mean, I loved most of it, but it was also extremely stressful. Um, right. So I... I've said this many times. I'm like, I never cried so much as whenever 
I was there <laughs> because it was just like so stressful. Like, um, as far and as you're like 17 years old when you're yes, there. Yeah. I mean, that was essentially my college experience. I started, so I finished my high, like my last semester of high school, but then I was going to college there, living in the dorms, training two, sometimes three times a day. Um, I was always around it. And, um, so like my insurance was under like my living, my eating, my insurance, everything depended upon me performing. Right. So if I had a bad day of training, it felt heavier than just mm-hmm. having a bad day of training. Mm-hmm. It was like, or I would get hurt. And that was a big thing was um, injuries. That oh, anytime yeah. I would get injured and I wouldn't be able to go to a competition, it was mm-hmm. like, oh gosh. And now they're going to be like, am I going to get kicked out? And then if I get right. kicked out, I also don't have school because my school was paid for through it too. So there was a lot of heaviness on mm. performing. Yeah, because what's the attrition rate there? Like, you can't be walking around. No one's probably walking around very confident. No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be tough. What, is, what does that do um, to your mindset during that time? Like you said, you're worried a lot. Um, how do you cope with that? How, do you, how did you learn how to be comfortable in that environment? Because you had to at some level, mm-hmm. right? So it's interesting because, like, at whenever I first came out there, and I'll just yeah. start this in the conversation, um, I would not say that I was a Christian. I grew up going to church sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I knew about God. I knew about Jesus. I knew, like, the stories generally, but, like, I didn't have, like, any true belief. Right. And then um, it was... I'm trying to think like 2006 um, is when I actually feel like I became a Christian. I started going to church. Um, I was baptized. I This is in Colorado and, Springs? So this is in Colorado Springs. Okay. Um, and it was more there like this is whenever I feel like I would literally like pray way more. Well, I didn't ever pray before that. Right. But like um, – for coping for you know Mm -hmm. not necessarily like i need to win this competition but just even like peace or let me be doing this for you god and not for like the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. or you know just um more he was or god was involved in my life more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now with that being said i had very little foundation in my faith Mm -hmm. because um because I didn't grow up in the church, I became a Christian, but it was like there was no foundation. There were hardly any roots. Anytime right. they would get shaky, I would mm-hmm. veer away. But it was the first time where I would really incorporate prayer, which was important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like other ways to cope with stress and stuff. So Casey, um, Mm -hmm. my now husband was there and was like, and all of my friends, honestly, we were like family because we were living together. Um, And and it was also competition. (laughs) We were competing against each other, but we were also like family. Um, So having those people to like talk to and my coach to talk to and um, my dad, like my dad is a really big influence on me to be able Mm -hmm. to call him and he like understood what I was going through but also like he never would give me guidance 
he was just always really supportive and loving. So mm-hmm. I knew that like I could call, cry, and then it'd be like, okay, all right, I'll just I'll go back to training and <laughs> like it's gonna be okay. That's all. Awesome. Sure, yeah. that's great. No, that's that challenges me too as a father to a daughter. I'm like, be supportive. Well, especially <laughs> you got to think like your father, your your daughter is like following kind of in your footsteps yeah. and like going onto this level that you know, you haven't done and you're probably so proud of her and you're like, want her to keep going. And then you got to like kind of as a dad, take that off the shelf and just care for that person, not what they're doing, which, which is so wise. He didn't show a whole lot of, he didn't put extra pressure. on. No, it was, um, I mean, he's my dad. So like, I think really highly of him, but seriously, like as a parent now, I look back at things he did. I'm like, man, I was so great. Like, mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I would bomb out at a competition, I'd do horrible and I'd be mm-hmm. crying. And, okay, it sounds like I cried all the time. <laughs> I didn't cry I all was just the thinking, time. I was like, I wonder if Nana's going to cry today. I know. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so I would Tragic call counselor. him. He knows I, what to do. Yeah, yeah no, right. <laughs> got that's one right. on him. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but he was just, like, even if I would be upset and he would just mm-hmm. be like, you know, it's okay. I love you no matter what. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And it was just what I needed from him. It's mm-hmm. not what I needed from my coach. Sure. You but it's what I needed from my dad, which right. um, is good to have that, you know. I think that's awesome. And like I said, it's encouraging to me. I'm, I'm thinking like, because I coach my son or did mm-hmm. different things. And I'm like, I'm terrible. I'm the one that's like, come on, you can do better. And I'm like, I need to be supportive. Right. It's like he needs another voice right. that is that voice, but from his dad he needs. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Which is also yeah. interesting because my dad is a coach. Right. And like, it's how so he... funny because, right. like, Give I'll talk up. to some of his athletes, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, man, I can't imagine you being his daughter. And I'm like, what? Like, is he hardcore? Like, to me, mm-hmm. it's so surprising that he's really hardcore as far as a coach. Mm-hmm. But to me, he's like, he's he's my dad. So, well, so sure. it sounds like then in high school when he introduced you to weightlifting, there wasn't a lot of pressure from him. No, like, not at all. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you just, like, had it in you to, like, go after it and just be naturally good at it. I and- guess. I mean, I always say that, like, it was always one step at a time. I never, like, whenever I was doing gymnastics, I thought that I was going to go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm totally going to the Olympics. Where's and that then, come from, though? Like, is I have that, no idea. Yeah, that drive. So, because that's no what we're idea. getting at. There's inside of you. Because just knowing you as a friend, you are you do not come across as someone who's <laughs> like, I'm going to conquer the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but to do those things at an Olympic level, you have to have a drive that other people don't have. So I have stamina. Yeah, or, or, or. Is, that, is that what and it is? Maybe. I mean, that's what I think it is with weightlifting is that it, it's so easy to stop. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That it's hard. And my, I mean, I had lots of injuries. I've had lots of surgeries. And it's so easy to be like, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. My body hurts. Um, you know, I'm not getting better because you don't get better right away. You don't just like keep increasing in your total and it's Mm -hmm. defeating, but the stamina to just keep going when it gets hard Mm -hmm. is I think what I had more than like um, the determination Mm -hmm. because even like whenever I started weightlifting, I was like, oh, that would be cool to go to state championships. And then I went and I was like, oh, you know, and it was just like one step more and one right. step more and like these little mm-hmm. baby steps. And then I remember the first time 
I think I was like placed second in the nation. And it literally, I was living at the Olympic Training Center and I'd been there for a while. And I remember very vividly it dawning on me like, oh, I could go to the Olympics. <laughs> like It just like literally had not dawned on me before that because it was just like more thinking about like one step at a Here's time and just like do. the next thing I can do. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of over time. Well, if that is so awesome. If stamina is your superpower, I guess. <laughs> when did like when did you notice that in yourself? Has it always been there? Were there certain things that you think produced that? I mean, because gymnastics is, is something that takes a lot of endurance too, because you got to try a lot of stuff a lot of times and fail before you get it right. Am yeah. I correct on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not immediate. I'm actually trying to teach this to my son. I right try now. to do handstand walks and I still keep falling down. I can't even do that. <laughs> yeah, you just want to slow down a little bit. But... <laughs> Me and Casey were in, yep. in their front yard, like we're just trying, and we're both like flopping around. Like anyway, it was not graceful. <laughs> I did witness that. I wasn't gonna judge you. <laughs> it's a, it's a trying that counts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was proud. So what what uh, created that in you? You think? Or was it always the stamina? I mean, I don't know, honestly. Um, I think gymnastics is a really good sport for that in Mm -hmm. general. Um, Like I said, I was I've been trying to teach this with our son. We've set these goals for him because he's obsessed with trying to earn money right now. (laughs) And so we're trying to teach him, like you know, sometimes things take a long time and you have to practice for them in order to get something. So we set like these bigger goals, but they Mm -hmm. were all kind of like like do three pull-ups where things where he wasn't going to get them right away or hold a handstand for five seconds. And he's been failing a lot, but he mm-hmm. also just like, he's started doing it maybe four months ago or something. And he just did uh, three pull-ups and he That's did a hundred awesome. jump ropes in a row. Wow. But there was a whole lot of failing in between. Anyways, my point right. is. That's so is, wise to give him something that he's not going to get right away. Yeah. I mean, cause I've set a lot of goals with, with, my kids, and it's more based on consistently, like, stuff that they can do, but I want them to do it every single day because that was something I struggled yeah. with growing up was consistency. Yeah. But I love incorporating stuff like that. Like, that's mm-hmm. so awesome. I mean, there's yeah. been a lot of pushback, too. Let's not, I'm like, sure. glaze oh, over that it. part. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm I there. want it now. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the point. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, that's good. But, but. So maybe gymnastics. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think hardship in general um, just kind of teaches you – stamina and just getting through things and that mm-hmm. you can get out it's right. not like your current situation is not your situation forever like seeing mm-hmm. things through yeah, that's um so, good. so whether and at that be, time you kind of had a lot of that with the moving around and different exactly things. moving around um so my parents got divorced at whenever i was in third grade mm-hmm. which was difficult and weird and you know as it mm-hmm. is for kids and sure. then um uh yeah, moving with my dad. So I, initially I moved with my mom, and that was really difficult. And then mm-hmm. I decided to move with my dad, which was also really difficult. And so just I think just in general, difficulties for kids or anybody sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. But it ends up being a good thing, which is even as an adult, I am yeah. learning. <laughs> Well, because they don't know any different. They don't know what hard is. Mm-hmm. or I mean, right. they do learn how to compare to their friends, I'm sure, very early on. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like, they don't know what normal. They were never a kid before. But that's yeah. such a, a good principle to take out of your story because, I mean, that's such a biblical principle, right? Mm-hmm. James 1 says, consider trials joy yeah. because it produces endurance. Exactly. And so, like, you're kind of a living that one lately. model of that, right? <laughs> like, this yes. is, like, 
because endurance comes when you're looking ahead to what is what is going to come out of it versus focusing in on the current hardship, mm-hmm. right? And so you learned at a young age to to look at what you can learn in the hardship and and look beyond it to where you're going next. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so you're at the Olympic Center. Let's bring it back to that. Okay. You went through those hardships. Parents divorced. You're living with your dad. You're, you've come all the way up to the weightlifting. Your dad's in, encouraged that. Now you're at the center, and you, you it hits you. You could make the Olympics. So, like, what's going through your head at that point? Um, that part was harder as far as, like, you're at the end, um, and it's, like, you've done all of this training, so it's kind of been built up. You mm-hmm. know that you have a chance of making it. Um, but it's... So let me explain. So with Olympic weightlifting, mm-hmm. the lifts literally take a fraction of a second. And you are up on the platform. You have three snatches. You have three clean and jerks. The total time it takes mm-hmm. is like, let's say, six seconds, right? <laughs> Maybe 10 seconds. And so going to Olympic trials, you know that your fate, as far as being an Olympian mm-hmm. or not being an Olympian, that you have trained for for however many years rests on however many seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's on you, right? It's not on, like, a one team. Lift, two yeah, lifts, exactly. Like, one action. Yeah. And so the pressure was a lot. And also, imagine, like, yeah. at the training center where literally all of the best lifters are, you're seeing what they're doing, you're competing with them, but you're also friends with them, and it's – um it's very difficult and like a yeah. lot of pressure. I couldn't imagine the the amount of emotional fortitude that it took in that time. I can't say that I was always graceful, but right. <laughs> but right. it took like a lot of mental like preparation. Yeah, it was not just like okay, if I just get stronger, I'll make the team. It yeah. was like you have to be prepared mentally. Mm-hmm. Did your coaches coach you through that? Um. So the. Our coaches would help, but that was, like, one of the really big benefits of being mm-hmm. at the training center is they had sports psychologists where you could go okay. and um, have, like, training right. um, with how to handle stress, with, mm-hmm. you know, how to deal with change because things don't always go as planned. and um, Right. You know. And was that beneficial? It was. It was beneficial. Um, you know, I think time is the biggest thing that helps, like, doing – the competitions, mm-hmm. being in the sport for lo- longer, understanding, like, right. you know, what could happen and just, like, training my mind for staying calm and, you know, yeah. being in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Like, did you develop a process for yourself? Like, Oh, yes. A, a uh, routine? I was a little, yeah, probably <laughs> crazy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, um, it has to be exactly the same every single time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I was, um, yeah, I would, yeah. Well, that's such a I normal mean, thing for athletes to do, for sure. Yeah, I would play, like, or do the same thing, how I would chalk up, what I would say to myself. I would stomp my feet as, like, a certain way to go up to the... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I looked insane, <laughs> but whatever. But it worked. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it got right, you can, in the mindset. Can you walk us through the OA trials? Like, I don't even know how that went for you. Um. So it went well. Um, we were able to take four women, but four women total. So there's it's a weight class sport. Mm-hmm. So um, like there was a super heavyweight 
woman like probably not you not me i was not <laughs> that woman <laughs> um you totally way anyways. bulkier yeah. you totally would have thrown us off and yeah, that was me like, and that was me surprise surprise <laughs> anyway so um all of us were competing together um it's a hard thing to explain how we were ranked against each other in different weight classes but mm-hmm. anyways that's for a different day yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it's actually a really fun competition to watch because all of the like the top 10 weightlifters in the world are all competing at the same time against each other. So you know at the end of the session who's going to the Olympics, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Yeah. But also it's really scary. Right. So I mean, it's um, similar to watching a, a gold medal run where you know, like, as each mm-hmm. competition happens, like, okay, this guy's in the running for the gold, and then yeah. the next guy has to yep. score a certain amount. Yeah, so it's a lot of, like, jockeying back and forth. And I knew, essentially, going into the competition, if I do these lifts, I'll be on the team. And so... Um, oh, like, you knew the weights you needed to hit, I and pretty you much knew you knew, could hit them. Yeah, I pretty much knew the weights that I had to hit. Mm-hmm. And um, the problem with me and the weight... The, how the competition works is it goes up in weight. So the person that's lifting the least amount of weight will go at the beginning and it the barbell works up. So the person that's lifting the most amount of weight, well, obviously the super heavyweight's lifting the most amount of weight. Yeah. So I was like in the middle of the session. And so I essentially had to do my lifts and then sit back and watch, which is also very nerve wracking to be like, mm-hmm. you know, like that, whatever other people did, mm-hmm. you know, would say if I was going or not. Right. Yeah. And it ended up in my favor. I ended up going. So that's awesome. It was, yeah. It was a really, really cool experience. Um, Where was it at that year? Uh, the Olympics. Yeah. They were in Beijing, China. Okay. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you went to, so you got to go to China mm-hmm. and, and compete there. How did that go? I don't know um, if I remember. It was, one gold, right? All of them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Everybody's like, "Did you win?" I'm like, um, "No, but it was a really good competition." Well, I I'm had really happy. Though. I know. I know. <laughs> Listen, like, I don't know how to say you, it. In my mind, you already won just being an Olympian. Like, uh, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Thank to me. you. Uh, I had a good competition. I made five out of my six lifts, which is good. Um, the one that I missed was an American record, and um, how much yeah. was it? Mm, the American record. Yeah. So that one I was trying 101 kilos, which is like two. Uh, no, so just a little bit over. Okay. Yeah. Two twenty um, on what? A snatch or a snatch? Snatch. Yeah. Yeah. So my best snatch was my best snatch ever was two thirty five. And then my, hmm. not anymore. Let's be clear. I cannot do these numbers anymore. And then my best clean and jerk was two sixty five. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I uh, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not talking about numbers. That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's get right past that. <laughs> That's right. Talk about mindset. That's right. <laughs> it's a little more obscure. That's, right. <laughs> That's awesome though. And so in that in that time, you and Casey are together. Did, mm-hmm. did Casey also make it with? Um, so Casey made it, and I won't go into too many details. Sure. We're it gonna was, have Casey that on. That part at some was point really too. really difficult um, because Casey made the team. He was, in my opinion, the best person for the team. And um, he came to Beijing. Mm -hmm. And then the night of the opening ceremonies, they, uh, because of political reasons, 
political meaning like within the sport, not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not <Right>. big political. <laughs> um, Chinese government yes. just oh, like got man. it out for Casey. Yep. Uh, they said that he was not allowed to compete, and so it was a re- that part made it really mm-hmm. really hard because I mean. We were there together. We were mm-hmm. so excited to be doing this, you know, right. essentially like as a team. And we were getting married right after mm-hmm. the Olympics. And it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and to this was right before I was getting ready to compete. And it was difficult because he was there. But as soon as they said that he wasn't allowed to compete, he wasn't allowed to be in the village either. So I wanted to be with him as much as possible. So mm-hmm. I would like he was staying in this um other facility that they had for like coaches and stuff Mm -hmm. and so i spent a lot of time over there right um instead of like in the village or Mm -hmm. whatever so it was like trying to be present in the moment Mm -hmm. for myself but then also like grieving and being so heartbroken Mm -hmm. for sure you know my best friend yeah yeah it was that part was difficult yeah and how did your faith at that point shape all that situation? Because that's another hardship, right? That was a hardship, yeah. Um, like once again, that mental fortitude to be prepared to compete, mm-hmm. deal with this wrongdoing mm-hmm. that's not fair, um, all that together. To be honest, mm-hmm. that's where it came in that I didn't have a foundation mm-hmm. in my faith. And it was like... God at that point was not as much part of the picture. Mm. It was like, we're going to handle this. It was more selfish um, as far as how to deal with it Mm -hmm. and to just be sad and upset and, you know, instead of um, seeking God for understanding or for for peace or anything, it was um, at that point in my life, it wasn't, part of it Mm -hmm. sure i get that um so you come through the olympic games and then you get married and so (laughs) what kind of adventure does that bring about in your life at that point yeah so what do you do like once you compete in the olympics you're like let's do this again um, are you done okay so 2008 we compete and we thought that we were finished so we moved to san diego um, which is where Casey's from, moved mm-hmm. there. We got jobs as strength conditioning coach at the University of San Diego. And um, for me personally, it felt like I had more left. I didn't feel mm-hmm. finished. Mm-hmm. And with Casey, I won't speak for Casey. Yeah, we're going to have him yeah. on at Yeah, some I'll point, let so Casey tell you his he'll story. He'll tell his side yes. story. Yeah. So I did not feel done. And, um, so we ended up, we were in San Diego for a year and Mm -hmm. then we ended up moving back to Colorado to the training center for training for three years, um, leading up to the 2012 Olympics. Mm -hmm. Um, now that is whenever, uh, it was really interesting because so 2009, I had a knee surgery, 2010, I had a knee surgery and 2011, I had a hip surgery. Wow. How do you even like get back <laughs> after the first knee injury, <laughs> let alone the second and the third? That one was these. That was difficult, and it was so. The hip surgery was um, actually exactly one year before mm. Olympic trials for 2012, and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so I asked my doctor. I was like, well, how long until I'll be 100? percent And by 100, percent I mean like 
he was saying like my hip would be a hundred percent, not like you're a hundred percent to be lifting. <laughs> yeah. And he said, it'll be a year. I was like, okay, well I have a year until Olympic trials. So we're going to have to speed this thing up a bit. And, um, anyways, so I trained and it was the hardest year of training that I've ever had. Hmm. I did not make the Olympics. I went to Olympic trials. I did not make the Olympics and I was totally fine with it. I've never felt like more at peace with honestly how it all ended with like I needed to go mm-hmm. through that to be like, I'm done. Right. Like I don't have more in me. My body's finished. Like I I can't go through that You'd anymore. Run the race. Yes, and exactly. And I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Um and we talk about stamina. It took three surgeries for you to finally be like, you know what? I think I'm done. Throw in the hat. Well, but you still got to the end, and they were like, "You're." It's almost like they told you you were done. Like, maybe sure. you don't like to accept that. I don't know. <laughs> well, but I would take that like for, it makes sense to me because you're full of stamina. Like you want to keep going, and then here you are. Like, well, where else is there to go? I've done this, this, and this. Like, I'm injured. Like, it just seems like a natural conclusion to mm. your career in that way. Yeah. Rather than you didn't stop because it was hard. You stopped because you got to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think to some degree that's what it was. I felt like... It seems like, honorable to me is all thanks. I'm saying. Yeah. Thanks. I'll take it. I'll just take it. <laughs> you, died, you died on your sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or your hip. Or on my hip. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a... So I can relate to that because I was in Bud's. And there was a time in Buds when I wanted to quit. It was one day, and I'll never forget it. And I kept telling myself, I can't quit when it's hard. Like, I'll quit later on when mm-hmm. it's easy. Mm-hmm. Basically, I wanted to go out, like, in a blaze of glory. Like, I wanted it to be, like, we were finished for the day, and I just walk up and be like, hey, after that evolution, I'm done. Yeah. But then that day, like, just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Like, it was the worst day of Buds anyone had ever in our class had experienced. And then I just never got time quick because it just kept getting harder <laughs> i couldn't like ever like find the time so anyways i can and relate to you that now. Yeah. 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 made it <laughs> Could, you didn't quit uh, buds for becoming a navy seal just because you couldn't find the time yep. to quit. <laughs> no time. Was too busy too. being hard <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <clears throat> so so after that um is this around the time that casey went into the navy yep. as well yeah so um Casey was actually at OCS, which is like um, basic training camp, Officer I guess. Ministry. Yeah. Uh, while I was at the Olympic trials. So I called <laughs> uh, right after Olympic trials. And I remember saying, he's like, did you make it? Because he couldn't watch or anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I didn't make it. I was like, are you ready to have kids? <laughs> <laughs> On to the next yeah, thing. On the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was up there and then we moved um, – down to South Carolina. So then, yeah, now yeah. he was in the Navy, and that started our whole new chapter of yeah. moving, and we had two kids, mm-hmm. and yeah. And I don't know how much this enters into your story or not, but um, for a lot of people who will listen to this, they're super interested because your last name's Bergner, and if anybody's CrossFitters, <laughs> there's a big tie-in to CrossFit in your all's life. Uh, for those who don't know, that's Casey's dad. Um, who helped create CrossFit. And so did that enter in when you were in the Olympics and all that stuff? Like, when did that come about, and did that impact <clears throat> your all's life at all in the sense of 
seeing that become started and be were you ever a part of that yeah so i think it was in 2005 so greg glassman was who created crossfit and then he at somehow he heard about mike bergner um as a weightlifting coach and he's like hey i'm doing this thing Mm -hmm. do you mind coming out here and coaching one of these certifications and it happened to be up in um boulder is it boulder Boulder, no anyways it was somewhere in colorado i forget where and um so Mike went out there and it was like actually one of the very first um, certifications for CrossFit. And back then they did it where they would do CrossFit, weightlifting, like they did everything in one certification. So Mike mm-hmm. went out there and he asked if we would come up and help. And so um, we helped coach up there oh, that's cool. with him, which at the time literally nobody knew about CrossFit. It was like a couple people in their garage, you know. It kind of yeah. started. To, oh, I, mean, oh, like, I mean, Navy, you guys were – is is a big yeah. In, in two thousand nine, we were doing it. Yeah, because yeah. wasn't in it, San Diego? Wasn't mm-hmm. it created for like what was it created for? Yeah, um, actually for military that's and like first responders. I and didn't want to speak as, out of yeah. time, but I thought yep. that's where it cre- yeah. was created. Um, that thought process as far as like something that's quick and constantly changing and um, functional fitness. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he got involved then and so we kind of just would help whenever we could Mm -hmm. as but we were competing and going to school and um but we would uh yeah help out sometimes Mm -hmm. and then um whenever we were coaching at the university of san diego we started doing more we would teach the certifications like on the weekends or um, sometimes we would host them at the university and then actually whenever i was done with lifting Mm-hmm. And Casey was in the Navy and before we had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was doing as my job. So I would travel around and teach um, CrossFit weightlifting certification. So oh, I'd cool. essentially teach coaches how to coach. Yeah, which, you know, uh, for many of you who are listening to this, you go to the Pelican Athletic Club and <laughs> Natalie has a weightlifting class that I've been taking and it's been brutal. You got your squat <laughs> down yet? Oh, I'm getting there. Like I'm getting there. Uh, ankles, man. I know. Stupid ankles. Well, I remember, so they were doing a, uh, snatch uh, clinic and it was Sage doing it. Yeah. And Sage is Casey's sister. Mm-hmm. But she used your video to teach us the snatch. <laughs> but you, it was, mm-hmm. I don't want this to Okay, clarify. Off. This was before we knew each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. This was in Hawaii. Yeah, in Hawaii. Like seven years ago. Yeah. This is when you were a Navy SEAL at the time. Yeah, I was at like on, on base because Sage had some kind of connection. I don't know. She's living in Hawaii. Yes, she was living in Hawaii. Her husband was um, working over there yes. with you guys. Yeah. So she came and taught, and she was like, "Y'all got to check my sister-in-law's uh, technique out. It's incredible. She went to the Olympics, and it it made me realize like I don't have to be bigger and stronger to get because I was obsessed yeah. with the snatch. Like I wanted to get two sixty five. Like <laughs> never yeah. ever got there, but." It made me realize, like, I just need better technique. Yeah. Like, because if, yeah. if I'd have seen Casey, I'd be like, well, uh, of course, course I can. yeah. He's yeah. huge. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, he's a farm boy, too. Like, yeah. just like that big, early strength. So, I know it was definitely helpful from awesome. a distance. So, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, the small world. We, I know. Now, here we are. Yep. Well, it took us a couple times of putting it together, too, when y'all got here. And I'm like, yeah, I think Brittany was like, do you know? a faith or so, I don't know she said something like completely <laughs> yeah, different I was like I have no idea what well she told about. me you were the one that taught me like oh. you were sage and I'm like um that does not I make any know. sense anyways but I was in buds with Casey's brother so that was the other that's small right. world yeah. thing yeah but that's cool so anyway back on topic. Right, so <laughs> I just wanted to bring that in um just because I know that was a big part of your all's yeah. family's mm-hmm. life right yeah 
Um, so that's cool, working in that and then um, start having children. So what's what's the Navy life like? So, so you're used to moving around a lot, mm-hmm. and now you're entering into another world of uh, doing that again. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, well, it's funny because Casey used to bring up being in the Navy, like, forever. We were together for, like, seven years before we got married, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, maybe I should go into the Navy. I'm like, ha, ha, no way, and I am not a Navy wife. Right. And you like, knew you were you lived in Annapolis. Yeah, so you and were I was very I was around it. Like my dad right. isn't in the military, but I was around it sure. and kind of had an idea what it would be like. But like, I think as a civilian, you imagine the Navy as like Navy SEAL, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Ooh, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can see or like know that you're out in combat." And like, I don't know. Just like my mind didn't mm-hmm. really grasp it. Well, then. He went submarines, which is, like, completely different. <laughs> <laughs> but scarier. But also scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd much um, rather be a SEAL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, whew. anyways, we won't go in again. Casey will tell his yeah, own story. Yeah, he'll tell his story. But, um, yeah, so whenever he went into the Navy, I was like, okay. The, um, I totally embraced it. And mm-hmm. um, it's actually been a good fit. Because one, Casey and I have been together for a very long time. Mm-hmm. We're very stable in our relationship, um, meaning that like if he left, mm-hmm. I was like independent. I was okay. I was the same person whenever he was coming back. Like we knew each other really well, trusted him. Mm-hmm. Um, that was totally fine. And I'm also outgoing. Um, I like meeting new people. I like mm-hmm. traveling. I like you know, setting up roots and... So you don't you don't get too lonely because you start making your own friendships and things of that yeah. nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I kind of, like, embrace it as much as possible as far as, like, sure. moving around. Yeah. Well, that's all you can. I mean, yeah, you exactly. only got two choices, embrace it or don't. Or don't. It's yeah, still a reality. <laughs> so when did your faith start to take root? Yep, well, thank you. <laughs> 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 when I came here, so... Um, uh, we moved here. It's coming up on two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, life relatively was good. Mm-hmm. And as sure. things were good, I didn't need God. Um, sure. <laughs> in my own, like, thoughts, I was doing just fine. Yep. And um, got here. And actually, Marie, Chad's wife, was mm-hmm. one of the very first people that I met um, just by chance, and she happened to say, oh, yeah, we moved here and planted a tree. Good old Marie. Good old Marie. <laughs> How did y'all meet? Um, we went to the orientation for Brock and Hudson's school, oh, yeah. and I happened to sit next to her. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Yeah. The, the Lord ordained I know. It. I mean, I will talk about all of the things that happened leading yeah. up to it, I and it is it. insane. But anyways, one of them was that I happened to sit next to Marie. She said that you guys had planted a church. Mm-hmm. Casey was out of town for a month, and I was like, all right, kids. Get in the car. We're going to church. (laughs) And um, wait, when was this? What year? What month? um, So this was yeah. It was whenever they were yeah. They were the new building. Yeah, we were here. Kindergarten. You guys had just yeah. You guys had just moved over here. Yeah. Um. So Hudson would have been in kindergarten mm -hmm. with uh, Brock. Yep. Because they're in first grade now, so that would have been year seventeen, fall of seventeen. So yeah. Yeah, right when we were in the new building. Yeah, that's when we moved in. Okay. Yep. Good thing they didn't meet us then when we were 
developing this thing. We were <laughs> right. we were stressed out. Uh, that was after it was done. Like, we were all happy. Stressed. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> we're all much happier at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're good. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, started coming here and um, all was good. We were coming and then um, Casey started coming with us. Mm-hmm. He obviously came home after being gone for a while. And sure. um, one day he happened to not be in church. And I don't know what Sam was preaching about, but I remember just thinking, like, man, I am such a phony. I just, like, felt it, like, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't, I'm not living this out. I'm coming to church. I'm just, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a good person, but I'm not living a Christian life at all. And I just broke down, and um, at the end of Cried. service, oh, yeah. I cried. <laughs> surprise, <Comment> surprise. <laughs> we'll call this episode The Cry. Right? <laughs> what a baby. The Natalie we know Lonnie was going to be the cry baby. That's right. Remember? That's so I don't know what we do now. A bunch of cry babies here. <laughs> That's right. It's all good. Uh, anyway, so at the end of service, I just looked up and Marie was standing up at the front. And I went up there and I just talked to her and mm-hmm. cried. <laughs> And was so like, I just doing like prayer at the end of yeah, the service. Yeah, yeah. She prayed for me, and she was like, um, "I'm gonna help you. It's okay, and I'll disciple you." Mm-hmm. And so, and I told her going into it, like, "Way to go, babe." <laughs> I know I she's know, listening to this I right know. now. So well, I know. I'll give her the. Oh. <laughs> but I was very honest as far as like where my faith was. It's like I didn't ever feel like I needed to put up a front which is how I'd always felt before as far as going to church. Like I needed to put on a front that mm-hmm. um, I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and I I know the things to say mm-hmm. and I need to kind of like fake my way through this when it's not at all true. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way to get closer to God. There's no way to deepen my faith. There's no way, like either there's two ways. I'm either not a Christian mm-hmm. or I'm going to like figure this out and like take the plunge essentially. Right. And so we started um, going through discipleship, but like being very vulnerable as far as like where I was actually at. Yeah. Um, and that's where it started. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's, I can relate. That's my story with Chad. Yeah. So. Oh, <laughs> those, those wilds. wilds. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> You but too. The last name actually stands, I think it means like mischievous or something. Oh, like <laughs> the wild. Oh, like a wily one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> gotcha. No, I was kidding. Um, no, that's, that's great. And so as you begin to grow in your mm-hmm. faith there at a very genuine, honest level, walk us through the past couple of years. How has God shaped your mindset? What has he taken you through? That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the biggest thing is I was growing my roots. Mm-hmm. I was getting my foundation um, as far as, like, to me, it was just really learning about, w- one, God's character. Mm-hmm. Like, who am I following here? And what do I believe? Truly, what do I believe here? Like, mm-hmm. to stand upon. And then um, just a better understanding of actually what Christianity means. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, for so long, it was just like knowing the stories, knowing, yeah, Jesus died for me, but like, kind of who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which right. I mean, sounds horrible, yeah. but like to what does not that mean to me. Yeah, exactly. Why? Why do I care? Like, I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Do I actually need it? Um, mm-hmm. And 
so like it was slowly learning and growing my roots and being able to just like lean upon somebody to walk through it. Mm -hmm. Um, Good, bad questions. I don't understand. I don't know. Like this is hard for me to believe. Um, And like doing the work, starting to read my Bible, starting to do Bible studies, start like. What was some of the hardest things that early on that were tough to like wrestle with for your belief? I mean, like you're reading it. It's like, like for instance, you said being good was something you always put your your hope in, and then mm-hmm. realizing actually not. Yeah. Well, that was actually one of the things that happened later. Okay. So, um, I guess I'll say what happened was I started discipling with Marie, mm-hmm. and then I don't know what it was about a year after we were discipling. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that I had a mass in my brain. Oh, yeah. And my foundation was rocked. Like mm. everything. Sure. Like everything changed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a year since you found that out? No, I was discipling for a year. Okay. I was with Marie. So it's been six months I, since right. I found it out. I had mm. uh, brain surgery five months ago, almost. Um, but Which feels like just. Set up to the list of surgeries, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, hey, one Doc, more. Hey, Doc, we're going to be 100% again. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, it is it is crazy from my experience walking through that with you. Is mm-hmm. that feels like just yesterday and forever ago. I could not agree more. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, it literally feels like it just happened. It feels like so fresh, mm-hmm. but then also I feel so far from it. Right. Anytime you Which hear, thank God. Yeah. But, anytime yeah. you hear news that hey, I could, you know, <clears> I've got a mass in my brain that's going to rock anyone. So, mm-hmm. so God used that to. To rock your foundation yeah. again. Yeah, so it was um, w- one of the things that was interesting was, like, how, like, looking back at the full picture, mm-hmm. God was preparing me beforehand to have faith and to be steadfast for a trial that was about ready to come. Like, he didn't just, like, leave me out there, you know? Right. Yeah. And um, so... Leading up to it was difficult because it's, like, scary and unknown Mm -hmm. and, like, shocking, you know. Um, Especially, so my mom also has early onset Alzheimer's. And so I was a really big, like, I was very interested in brain health and, like, would try to learn so much about Mm -hmm. it and, like, change my lifestyle to, like, try not to let it happen to me. And, like, prevent it, yeah. yeah. And I think I remember like some of our early conversations when y'all invited us over. I was talking about that. Oh, yeah. Far like way before. Yep. You oh, finally, yeah. Wow. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So um, it was interesting because it's like trying to control, trying to control, trying to control everything, mm-hmm. the outcome. I'm just going to be healthy and I'm not going to get it. And mm-hmm. um, all while having a mass in my brain that I've literally had like probably since I was a child and so you know right. it's like you learn from those things like oh I have no control how did they find it would you did you have symptoms? that's another interesting thing so right but that's such a good point I don't want that to yeah. be missed is that God in his grace was helping you get to know him more by breaking down your control yeah and showing you that hey no matter what you prepare for mm-hmm. I'm the only one that you can trust. Yeah, or this thing that is good 
what you are doing by being healthy and mm-hmm. um, exercising and doing all these quote unquote good things right. does not necessarily give you control. Mm-hmm. And um, that is a hard pill to swallow. Sure. Um, but it was good for me. Like it, whenever we talk about it, like to know that he wants the best for us, mm-hmm. like, um, it's not easy, but mm-hmm. hearing, okay, all right, God, right. I don't have control and I'm going to try to trust you. And, yeah. um, you know, the things that you learn out of struggle yeah, is good. That's awesome. And so then you're leading up to your surgery. What was, wait, how'd you find it? Oh, okay. Oh, how'd yeah, I find sorry. it? Yeah. So, um, Casey was gone. He was in Belize. It's like every time he I leaves, so God does something. Every time he leaves, I'm like, Casey, what's Don't, gonna leave. Don't leave. Something's going to happen. Um, so Casey was gone. He was actually like coming back home, but I was not feeling well. Um, but it was like really random symptoms. I was really fatigued. Um, I could go on, but I don't need to go into it. I was feeling a lot of random symptoms. And then the last one was that I had a headache. Mm hmm. But right, I don't know, maybe like a week before that or whatever, Avery, our at that time two-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. hit me in the head with the car door, and I had... Yes. <laughs> yeah. So she hit me in the head, and I had a bump on my head, and I went into mm-hmm. the doctor, told her all my symptoms, and she's like, ah, but, you know, seems viral except for your headaches. I don't know why you're having headaches. You haven't, like, had any trauma to your head. And I was like, oh, actually, my daughter hit me in the head with the car door. And she's like, ah, uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and give you a CT scan. Just because. She's like, I, it's probably not anything, but let's just go ahead and but give you a CT scan. She just felt like there could be something. Yeah. And actually, another th- part of the many things that happen, her husband happened to be a neurologist. And I don't even see her normally. Wow. And her husband happened to be a neurologist in the same department. So she got me a CT scan and immediately called me and was like, you have a mass in your brain. And her husband had looked at the mm-hmm. CT scan, so he like she didn't have to like send it to somebody, yeah. and whatever. Um, but yeah, come to find out, I got the CT scan because Avery hit me in the head. But the reason why but I was you're already having horrible, the symptoms before that, no, so no, the CT or the mass in my brain was causing no symptoms. Like really? they just happened to find it. It was literally like just my angel Avery hit me. Yeah, yeah, hit me in the head. Um, yeah. Wow. but yeah, I was feeling bad because I actually had mono. So. <laughs> oh, oh wow. my goodness! So you had mono and the mass. Yes, I had mono. You know, but completely it was, unrelated. Yeah, completely unrelated. <laughs> wow. And yeah, so that was why I wasn't feeling well. Right. And then I had to go in for brain surgery. <laughs> oh, but moly. yeah, anyhow. So um. So once you find that out, like, walk us through. You know, you're getting that phone call. What starts to go through your mind? Um. So. I was actually in the car with my kids mm-hmm. um, whenever I got the call. And, um, I mean, I was, like, silent crying again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sure. Because, like, obviously I didn't want to scare the kids, but I'm hearing on the other end of the phone that I have a mass in my brain. And so um, my very first thought, I do remember thinking, like, okay, why not me? Like, it could, this could literally happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't be surprised. Like, why could this not happen to me? Um, and then it was like, but I'm going to be okay. 
And it was like, I was scared, but also I had this like very calmness like inside, like it's going to be okay. And I'm not saying that I felt like I was going to survive. I wasn't feeling like it's all going to be taken care of. Because at this point in time, mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was. Yeah. You know, your very first thought is, okay, I have brain cancer. Right. Um, and so... um. I had no idea what I was about ready to go up against, but I felt like, okay, I am either going to fight this and I'm going to be okay, or I'm going to die and this is going to be okay. Hmm. Like, Which is such a tough like <laughs> thing to go through in your mind. It was so, right? it, but it was like, wow. could I have said that a year before that? No, I would have just been like... Mm-hmm. So your faith, scared. <laughs> your faith at that point, you, you feel like the Lord was preparing you yeah. to be in that place. Yeah, absolutely. And like I had never, uh, even leading up to that, I had never felt leading, okay, leading up to finding out, mm-hmm. I hadn't felt as sure as when I found out because it was like in that testing and in the reality of like, mm-hmm. okay, what do you actually believe? Right. You know? Right. Do you believe this is the truth or are you going to mm-hmm. like just be scared and right. that's it? It's uh. kind of like if you train up to a certain weight for the Olympics, mm-hmm. it's not the same as doing it on the platform oh, no, with the lights. And yeah, the, exactly. Like, <laughs> I could do that, but yeah. can you? Go but can do you? Right. In that split second where everybody's watching and there's yeah. judges no and mistakes. it actually, de- yeah. Right. Something depends on it. Mm-hmm. This was the, yeah. yeah, this was your jumping out of the airplane moment of like, am I trusting this or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, praise God that your response yeah. was, yeah, I'm, I'm going to trust you through this. Yeah. And so then you go through that process of finding out more about what it mm-hmm. is. and Yeah, so it was um, a mass, non-cancerous, mm-hmm. too bad. Yeah. Um, but it was big enough to where they needed to remove it. Mm-hmm. So, um so it was just like leading into the actual surgery um, where that part was really interesting because um, <clears throat> I felt very aware of God's workings mm-hmm. in life where I feel like normally I go through life and it's like um, I'm not looking at the big picture. I'm not looking at the details. I'm not... Um, aware of how God is actually doing things in my life. It's mm-hmm. just like happening, right. right? Like, I don't know if it's like I'm in a dream or yeah. whatever. I'm just like going about my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once I start paying attention and, you know, I was thinking like, okay, oh my goodness, God led me to this church. I was mm-hmm. supposed to meet Marie. I was supposed to do discipleship with Marie. I was supposed to go to that doctor that had... um Mm-hmm. You know, her, she's not my doctor. You're and supposed to get hit in the head by I was supposed to get hit in the head by Avery. He uses all things. <laughs> like, all of these things that were happening. And I, like, I ran into somebody at the, like, literally the day after I found out, somebody at the playground that I've known for ages. And she was like, my husband had brain surgery six months after we had, or we got married. And, like, all of these little mm-hmm. things that kept happening where I felt like, God, I know you're in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot deny you. I cannot, like... ignore all of the things that you're doing and I think so often that we um we look at the big things that God has done like an Mm -hmm. answered prayer 
instead mm-hmm. of like all the little things that he is working in mm. all the time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. His sovereignty is, is very real at all times. I think that's why we say a lot that the gospel thrives in reality when mm-hmm. we're, when we're starting, when we get out of our little dream world of being distracted by every little thing and we start actually looking in reality through the lens of scripture and looking at life in a way that we look for God, we see God mm-hmm. doing everything all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's awesome that you're able to see that because that gives you such confidence knowing that God's in this. Even yeah. if even if the end result was going to be death, knowing that God was bringing this about still gave you a comfort because he has power over death yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. <laughs> and then so you go through the surgery, everything goes great. You're back on the recovery, you know. <laughs> and I know that was, you know, just being your friend, I know that was a struggle too. Um, yeah. Honestly, afterwards was harder mm-hmm. than going into it, um, which we've talked about, yeah. that going into it was like preparing for a competition. It was like, mm. it You're was so, it was short term. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get it done and I'm going to be all better. Mm-hmm. Chalk it up. I'm all done. <laughs> My brain is fixed. And that's not how it went. <laughs> that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Um, apparently brain surgery ain't that easy. <laughs> And, it's not rocket science. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no big deal. Um, so immediately, out, so they had told me like, okay, you're going to need help for two weeks. So my family came in, everybody helped, church pitched in, was helping. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of prepared myself for that to be difficult. But it was okay. Like I woke up from surgery. I was mm-hmm. talking. I was, you know, I was like, yeah. okay, all right. I remember Good. seeing you the day after, even maybe even the day of. I don't yeah. even know. Yeah, because like I came and picked up the kids. Yeah, because yeah. they were staying with us, and you were in the car. And I mean, you looked tired, but you were normal. Yeah. Oh, Natalie. she's just got a little cut on her head. Yeah. Little biggie. <laughs> I was just shocked. I'm like, man, you just had brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> How do you look so – I feel like if I get a cold, I, I look way worse than you do after brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but after two weeks, it was not so – great or graceful um you know I had a lot of patience and then I was like okay well I'm ready to be like back to normal Mm -hmm. I'm ready to um um I'm ready to feel normal I'm ready to do my normal activities and I was not patient Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it very quickly went back to like selfish things Mm -hmm. as far as like um realizing that I wanted control Mm -hmm. um I wanted to feel a certain way and then um I started feeling very very anxious and I have never been an anxious person Mm -hmm. um I've always kind of even though I've been talking a lot about being a rock or mm-hmm. not being a crier. I'm actually like very yeah. much a rock, like in my family. I, since weightlifting, I don't really cry and um, just feel very even. Mm-hmm. Well, I did not feel that way at all. I felt like I had been cracked open and I was like, man, something is happening and I don't know what's going on. I'm emotional and mm-hmm. I'm anxious and um, mm-hmm. all these things are happening and, and I don't know what to do, how to handle it. Um, But with all that being said, I knew that 
God was at the center of it. I just mm. didn't know how. It didn't make it better at first. No. Right. I was like, but I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know what I need to be doing. So I was like praying, but like I still had no clue why I was feeling the way I was mm-hmm. feeling. And I think that I kind of would um, do this loop of like, it's my brain. Something's wrong with my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it would freak me out that something went wrong with my brain and then mm-hmm. it would make me anxious. And right. so it was like this loop, this negative like mm-hmm. loop that I was getting myself into. And so um, actually I started seeing Chad. Which, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you That's know the other, the other, yeah, in counseling, um, and that was really hard, um, but. He's not a nice counselor, is he? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she did like, cry again. He's I like guess. the best friend yes. ever, but then he, you get him as a counselor, and you're just like, jeez, <gasps> man, like, back up. Oh, I feel very, oh, I feel horrible about myself right now. Okay. I feel like, I feel like there's lies happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I can say for the first time in, it was, I guess, like, four months of feeling like my emotions were all over the place. I had clarity of what was happening Mm -hmm. and it was um my default sin Mm -hmm. and that i think that you asked a question way back in this conversation and now i'm kind of getting around to it (laughs) i like it (laughs) call back call back um i always thought of myself as a good person and and then I started counseling with Chad, and I did not <laughs> believe that any longer. I convinced her she yeah. is not. No, yeah, yeah. Chad's the heart surgeon. Uh-huh. Taking a mass yeah. out of your heart. <laughs> First brain surgery, then heart surgery. Um, but it was like I wasn't doing bad, mm-hmm. quote unquote, bad things. Right? Mm-hmm. I was a good person. Oh yeah. I was making good decisions as far as like the world. And so, like, I had convinced myself that, like, I was good. Mm -hmm. And exposing that that was not the truth. And as far as, like, my sin of trying to control things Mm -hmm. and how it had all come crashing down, that my facade Mm -hmm. was lifted and I saw reality yeah. and the reality of like what God wanted me to see mm-hmm. is that he is better at controlling things and to give that up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even just like my identity, mm-hmm. my identity was wrapped up in being healthy and being mm-hmm. um, an elite athlete. And, you know, I was good at mm-hmm. working out and doing these sports and, and it brought me to my knees. I wasn't able to work out actually f- up until like just like recently yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Right. Um, because I would get dizzy mm-hmm. if I literally like walked too fast, which is like sobering, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to go from being an elite athlete to like I can't do anything. Right. And um, so like my identity was checked and what I believed to be true, it was like everything, like I said, I felt cracked open. Um, me being a rock. Right. I wasn't a rock anymore. Mm-hmm. I had to believe 
who was the actual rock, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, that's not a fun process of going through, <laughs> but it finally felt like that weight had been lifted mm-hmm. and like I could breathe and just give it up, you know, right. all of everything, you know, that I was feeling before. Yeah. Um, you know, one yeah. thing that we talked about in that process was the thing you desire most, God actually wants to do, but you're not the rock. Mm-hmm. He wants to be the rock that works through you. Yeah. But the only way that he'll do that is if you humble yourself and allow him to be the one. Yeah, that you actually believe that he's the rock and <laughs> right. not you're the rock and you're right. going to save people. <laughs> but that desire to want to help others mm-hmm. is a great desire. Yeah. It just was out of place. Yeah, exactly. Know? Like all the things were good, mm-hmm. right? Like working out, eating healthy, coaching other people, and mm-hmm. being a rock, yeah. right? Those are good things, but – and so I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And sure. I think that that's a really hard thing even just to like ex- – to people is their sin mm-hmm. because it sounds hor- like it sounds so bad to tell somebody like no you think you're good but you're not mm-hmm. but to understand that like once you realize what your sin actually is and then it's not just these acts that happen sometimes sure. it's like you are completely covered in it mm-hmm. and yet right there's a savior, you know, Absolutely. for that. Debauchery, all that kind of stuff is easy to see if if you're caught up in, you know, the things that we would even see in this world is bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, murder, stealing, yeah, you know, debauchery, drug addiction, all that kind of stuff is easy to look at and be like, that's bad because of the destructive nature that it has in our world. But like you said, the hardest thing is when a person is morally good and good by the standards of mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. To realize that we are also still just as sinful. That's a tough reality to to see for ourselves often. Especially when circumstantially your life is good. Because then it's like, I am in control. I don't need Like the reality is I am in control. And Mm -hmm. you're faced with a situation where it's like, you can't believe that anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually not in control. Right. Mm -hmm. And even seeing all that trial to be a grace of God in your life to get you to this point to where you are resting in him. I know for some, hearing that would be like, that doesn't seem like God's good, but you could attest it, is, yeah. it actually is his goodness in your life. Yeah. Um, just, like, even before all of this, like, I didn't truly understand sanctification. Mm-hmm. And that I was like, well, I'm saved, and I'm just going to keep believing. But that was, like, the only process, not, like, the process from being saved to constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And that's not a comfortable thing to go through right like personally for me to change something probably hard has to happen (laughs) you know (laughs) if things are good i'm probably not going to change sure and so that's what had to happen Mm -hmm. is something difficult in order to sanctify me and Mm -hmm. i am not anywhere close to where i need to be but right it's a process. Yeah. Just a few hardships away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I'm praying that doesn't have to continue in that way for you, though. <laughs> right. But sometimes it does take mm-hmm. those things to shake the foundation, as you said, or to lift the veil. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, if you've ever seen the movie The Matrix, I feel like that's what most of us live in. We live in this this world that's kind of made up 
by man that there's rules and regulations that if you adhere by, you're good. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that God has been in control of your life the whole time. That at any point in time, he could have turned the lights off or he could have whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just he allowed this to happen so he could expose you to the fact that he's been holding you up the whole time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's true for all of us, m- yeah. myself included. Yeah. All of us have those stories of like where you realize, man, mm-hmm. I'm not as good as I thought I was, not as in control as I thought I yeah. was. I need him more than I think I need him, all that stuff. And so I really appreciate you um, being vulnerable enough to share that with everyone. I think that'll be super helpful to a lot of people listening. Yeah, so we can take the focus off of you for this next question. You've been through so many hard things, but so many good things yeah. and unique experiences as well. What breaks your heart? Oh, that is a difficult question. Yeah. <laughs> or another way to say that is just as you look at the world around you, what are the things that you see that you wish you could you could help change, that you see that needs someone to change? An advocate or mm-hmm. a rock? Hmm. Um, I mean, as far as like... Could be anything. This, yeah, okay. Well, things that I see as far as like in the church and recently mm-hmm. is just um, I see where I was as a Christian and meaning before where I was saved. And then I see <laughs> how I didn't understand. And what happened was I became a Christian and I had nobody to walk with. My husband, okay, I won't, again, I won't go into that. Um, (laughs) I had nobody to walk in the faith with and to grow me as a Christian. Mm -hmm. It was just like a leap. And then I had the world around me, Mm -hmm. which is so sad And I had actually prayed before I ever came here. Mm -hmm. Like, why is there nobody to equip people? Why is there no, like, a church that walks alongside of people as Mm -hmm. whenever they are saved? Because people need to be learning and growing and understanding. And whenever they don't, they have no foundation. And so Mm -hmm. are they going to make it to the end of their life as a Christian? Right. I mean, maybe, but also like the chances are way lower. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, to have those people or to have churches that are truly like truly doing that and not, um, having this facade of like, Oh, you're at church. So you're saved. And so, you know, and, everybody has like is not vulnerable and not willing to have like real conversations about real questions um i think that that's important and necessary no 100 percent, i agree Mm -hmm. that's good and that's a challenge for everyone out there if you're not being equipped you know find a place to be equipped and if you're in mandeville and looking for a church home Mm -hmm. please come or anywhere right now because we're online that's right that's true (laughs) fieldnola.com All right. Well, .org. Well, <clears throat> we've been asking all of our guests three questions at the end um, just to kind of wrap up and, and give some, some good walk-away uh, tips. And so first question, which I sent you beforehand, mm-hmm. so this, this is where I didn't, uh, 
I didn't leave you in the dark. I, I gave you this beforehand. What are the top three ways that knowing Christ and shaping your belief in the word, like having a discipler mm-hmm. and, and learning to grow in your faith, actually reading God's word, how's that how's that changed your mindset? Okay, so I um kind of talked about this earlier, but how God is in the details. Mm-hmm. He's in your life all the time. Yeah. Not just to answer your prayers. Um mm. Uh, and that's like what surgery really showed me mm. and just discipling in general. And then um, understanding my sin for what it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said earlier, it's not just a big act of, mm-hmm. you know. Disobedience. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but that we are all sinful and we were all in need and that should not cripple you and make you stray and make you feel um, like the guilt should not drive you away. Mm -hmm. But to understand it fully should bring you to your knees to God Mm. and understand that that's the only way. Yeah. Um, And that's a hard thing to teach people Mm -hmm. because it can make them just feel like they're, and it brings them back to their self, right? That Mm -hmm. it's like self-pity and... um, Yeah, pride. Shameful. Pride has to be broken, right? Exactly. Um, And then the other one is just like, I think, I forget when it was exactly that I was thinking about, but just like understanding that God comes through on his promises Mm -hmm. and like actually fully seeing it through the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, It was like a light bulb went off in my head, like, oh my God. He's like, Jesus is fulfilling this stuff. Like, this (laughs) really happened. Right. And, um, like, to understand how much hope is in that. Yeah. You know, it's not just um, reading your Bible and knowing afterlife that, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe whatever. But, like, to truly have hope Mm -hmm. in God and his character and he's coming through on his promises. That's awesome. Yeah. Really good. Mm -hmm. That'll preach. I'll preach. (laughs) Uh, Number two, what are the top five resources, books, podcasts, sermons, documented movies, whatever, uh, that have shaped your mindset? Oh, okay. So I didn't understand this one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So I was thinking that you were thinking biblical, like Christian. Well, the reason why we we include everything is – we know that, that God doesn't waste anything. Even yeah. even before knowing him, some of the things that he's taken us through or influences, he redeems, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why it's okay if it's not a, a Bible verse yeah. or a, although it's great if it yeah. is too. I mean, so just kind of throughout Bible your life. would be one. The Bible. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even just like reading the Bible, I read it early in my Christian walk mm-hmm. and it was... I learned from it. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. And every step along the way, I keep reading and I keep learning. Mm-hmm. And it's like with no other book can you do that, right? I feel Absolutely. like like it's like you're constantly peeling off the layers and understanding more. Right. And more is being revealed to you. And the more that you mature just as a human, the more that you would understand mm-hmm. with different things. And it's um, constantly new. Right. And so, yeah. I mean the Bible for sure. Um, 
also long time ago, C.S. Lewis, uh, Mere Christianity. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great one. Uh, let's see. I'm trying Have I to talked to you about the screw tape letters before? Um, say- not me. Casey. That's it. Yeah. yeah I think it was a big Casey. C.S. Lewis yeah. fan. Yeah, he yeah. loves C.S. Lewis. Have you, have you listened to screw I haven't tape? listened to the screw. Well, like part of it. I couldn't talk about it. Let's yeah, just yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can talk to Casey about screw tape. Yeah, you're good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then let's see. Podcasts. I love podcasts. But um, I'm trying to think. Uh, let me look at my list. What got going yeah, on here? No worries. Um. Oh, this is not at all Christian, but yeah, Broken a- Brain podcast is so good. Broken Brain? Yes, it's so good. And um What's it about? I mean So it is like a health podcast, so diet, lifestyle, but yeah. it is like every time I listen to it, it like blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And there's like parenting I'm stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. so good. I love it. I'm getting it right now. Yeah. Um Let's see. Let's see. Uh oh yeah, Man Search for Meaning. You guys read that? No. Victor Frankl. Victor Frankl, yes. yeah. So good. So good. It's not even long, but it's so good. Like Pearls of Wisdom. Um, so Holocaust Survivor. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's Incredible like, mindset. We yeah. should have him on. I think he's passed away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably not going to happen then. <laughs> but yeah, that one as far as mindset, especially because it's, I mean, it's not just somebody telling their story of being in a concentration camp, but like mm-hmm. how he made it through and how his mindset wow. is really like having hope and having like love and anyways very good picture he's able to paint of like the hopelessness in a concentration camp like there's no guaranteeing and he was a doctor too wow and he Mm -hmm. still like escaped by the skin of his teeth Mm. i have to to check that out for sure that's awesome those are some great some great resources last but not least who are your biggest influences slash heroes who you've looked up to throughout your life okay my dad yeah yeah, I know it's cheesy. No, I, I figured you'd say yeah, that. Yeah, it's good. my dad. So my dad, for sure. Um, he's I just hope my always. Says that. <laughs> <laughs> somebody asked her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody tell her to do that one day. <laughs> Here in like fifteen years. That's right. If somebody asks you who your hero is, is me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, definitely my dad. I mean, I kind of talked about like literally. If you meet my dad, mm-hmm. everybody loves my dad. He's just even if you're his athlete, like. He's just a, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, my and, brief encounters with him, he was a very sweet man. Wait, where'd you meet my dad? Oh, yeah. yeah. You have met him. Yeah. Oh, yay. Okay. I think you were laid up in the back. As I was, yeah, I was probably not super conscious. It was after your so, surgery, but yeah. came over and <laughs> got to meet your dad. Wait, wait you were there? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, my dad. And then, you know, as I was thinking about it, I have never been one to, like, really idolize a person mm-hmm. um i never really had like heroes growing up or like specific people that i looked up to it was more like virtues or character traits of certain people mm-hmm. i guess so like whenever i was an athlete mm-hmm. i never like said man i would just want to be like so and so right it was being in the training hall and knowing all those athletes and being like that person has the greatest work ethic. That person is so determined. Mm -hmm. That person could not, like, let anything stop them or whatever. And I so I really looked up to, like, those um, virtues, I guess, as Mm -hmm. far as, like, hard work and 
Yeah. What's cool about your story is you didn't need to look far for incredible people to. I was surrounded by a lot yeah. of like you're surrounded by Olympians. People. You right. didn't have to like look at sports because you you were kind of better than. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of the coolest things about the Olympics was I was in the um, Olympic Village, and um, there was like Kobe Bryant was there. Wow. I know, and like all well, of guess, these huge yeah, like sense. Michael Phelps, all of these people were there, and I was like, oh my gosh, look at the. And then I was like. Oh my. I'm here too. I was like, Wait a second. Right. This is Me crazy. Too, right? Not that anybody knows who I am. That's all. But, um, but in that village, you're on the same level. Yeah. But it was cool. Wow. Um, so, cool. yeah, that was cool. And then I would say now, just because things change, right? Like, yeah. whenever I was an athlete, I looked up to certain different things. And then now, mm-hmm. I really admire parents that are super patient. <laughs> <laughs> I am in a different phase different of my Olympic life. Hall, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, how my life has changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um children, they're uh a whole different ball game, yeah, man. They change nothing preparing you for that nope. battle. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing with us today. Absolutely. Uh Josh, you got anything else? No, but well, yes. Thank you so much. It's a beautiful story, inspiring, mm-hmm. all that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we're so grateful you came on and hung out with us for a little while. Hopefully, it, was it wasn't too pleasure. painful. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for listening. All right. Thanks for listening to the Change Up Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, but most importantly, we hope it helped. And if it did, please share it with a friend or someone you may be discipling. Also, you can like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can reach us via either of those channels if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover. We appreciate your guys' support and would also like to thank the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana for hosting and producing this podcast. If you don't have a home church, then please look it up at thefieldnola.com. We're not currently holding services due to the COVID-19 crisis, but if you go to The Field Church on Facebook, you can see all that we are doing for the members. Daily devotionals, daily praying through the Psalms. We have a live streaming of our services on Sunday morning at 1015, and just a bunch more ways to get connected to a very active church body. So thanks again, guys. Be blessed. Be blessed.